Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Psalm 95 opens with the invitation, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. We're reading the Psalms to see what they teach us about the nature of God, Colin. So what about 95? Oh, this is another great psalm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's a psalm of worship, a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. It's a psalm that proclaims the greatness of God and his majesty again. Let's just read some of it. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. I, you know, I, I do wish church people would, would take what God says seriously. Uh, you know, church services shouldn't be somber. Um, yes, there's a seriousness uh, in what we're doing, most definitely, but it's a joyful seriousness. It's not a somber uh, seriousness. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. I, you know, I've been to services and I want to say to people, come on, shout to the Lord your praise and thanksgiving. Uh, if you come to our church, we sing for joy and we shout aloud. Come, uh, let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. You know, our God is a joyful God. He's a happy God. And uh, what, the reason why he wants to set people free is so that they can enjoy his joy, really. They can know his joy. Uh, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. God wants us to share in his joy. Um, you remember in the parable, which is obviously a parable about judgment, um, the faithful servants heard their master say, Uh, enter into the joy of your Lord. Heaven is all about joy. And God's purpose is that the heaven, uh, uh, the the eternal kingdom of heaven should be established here on earth. So there should be a joyful thing. Now, that joy is not just rolling around on the floor laughing. It's something much deeper than that. It's something much more lasting than enduring than that. It's a joy that is there in the whole of our lives, and not not just in times of worship. A joy in the Lord, a rejoicing in the Lord, because of course the Scripture says we're to rejoice in the Lord always, to be joyful always. I mean that's a command in Scripture. So it isn't just you know some frothy. Uh, thing. It's a very deep thing. The joy of the Lord comes from knowing who he is, knowing him, walking with him, being close to him so that his joy can impact our lives day by day. So it's not an emotional, happy, clappy experience? No, I mean, it can be expressed like that at times, but it can be expressed in all kinds of other ways. There's great joy in knowing that you have fulfilled what God asks of you. There's a great joy in obedience, therefore. There's a great joy in giving to people. Um, because that's God's purpose. There's a great joy in loving people, even when it's costly to you, even when it's going to mean that you've got to deny yourself. There's a joy in doing it because whenever you do the will of God, you share in the joy of the Lord. But what I'm trying to, to get across is that God in essentially is a God of joy. And, and that's why he wants us to know his joy and to share in, and to express that joy in our worship and at other times also. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. Yes, and we talked yesterday about his, his kingship. But, you know, this means 
Verse 6, come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. If we recognize who he is as the great and the high and the holy one, the King, the Lord, then we've got to know our place before him. Yes, we can come because of the blood of Jesus. We can come before him with confidence in full assurance of faith. But at the same time, we come before him with reverence. And, uh, you know, reverence and joy seem to be uh, opposites, I think, in the way that many people think. But they're not. They're really complementary. Uh, There's a great joy in just meeting with God in his holiness. There's even a joy in knowing the discipline of God, in knowing the way in which he corrects us and gets rid of our, uh, uh, out of our lives, those things which only hinder us because he wants us to be free to enjoy him and actually to fulfill the destiny that he has for us. So the scripture goes on to say, Uh, He is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, Um, you know, as the people of old did when they were tested uh, in in the wilderness. Um, And God says, you know, for for 40 years I was angry with that generation, uh, and, and I declared that they would never enter my rest. But, you see, by comparison... Today, because of the fact that Jesus has borne all the punishment we deserve for our disobedience to the Lord, there is no condemnation for us because we are in Christ. God has got no desire to condemn us, but actually to liberate us and to work through us and to reach other people with his love by the demonstration of his presence in our lives. And so you go on to the next psalm, you see, and again there's a Um, tremendous sense of praise. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. I mean, this is a joyful, it's a tremendous calling that God has upon his church. This is what we're called to do. We're called to sing, to proclaim, to declare who he is in a glorious way. For great is the Lord, a most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Now, this is what the church should be doing, proclaiming God to the world in this way. But it's very clear that uh, a lot of people in the church aren't doing that. Do you think it is because we're just so ground down with the drudgery of everyday living and perhaps the news that we constantly... No, it's religious tradition more than anything else. Uh, People go to church and they do what their forebears did when they went to church, who did what their forebears did when they went to church. And religion, even Christian religion, has lost sight of the call of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God. And I can remember in the early days of my ministry when I was brought up to be a traditional Anglican priest. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that there was any other way than the way I had been taught. And therefore, um, you know, people 
call me a pioneer, and I was only a pioneer in, in, only in the sense that I rediscovered from the scriptures the call of God and began to preach that and to teach that in the church where I was the vicar. What happened? And that's when the revival broke out, you see, because I could see, I mean, and uh, I put a question when, uh, before the revival began. I put this question to the congregation. I said, um, how can we compare what we do today as the church with what we read about the Acts of the Apostles? There doesn't seem to be the same life, the same love, the same power, the same miracles, the same... In fact, you would think that we belong to an entirely different faith or religion from that which we read about in the Acts of the Apostles. So either um, the Bible is irrelevant and isn't true and isn't for today and the promises of God aren't real, or we're missing out on what God really intends for his church. Well, fortunately, we all decided that we were missing out. So we began to, to pray and to get into God's word and, and uh, to ask God to fill us with the Spirit in the same way that um, the early Christians were filled and that we read about in the Acts of the Apostles. We didn't pray to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have really understood the significance of that. We just prayed for the Holy Spirit so that we could really impact the vast housing estate where this parish uh, was uh, with the gospel. And actually, that's what happened. And, and of course, um, we didn't realize what we were beginning or what God was beginning when we did this. We didn't realize that that within months we would have people from all over the world coming to see what God was doing there because this was such an unusual thing. Because to us, it, it, it was only unusual in the sense that we were getting back or seeking to get back to what God intended and to what he speaks about in the Bible. So you were removing sort of years of veneer then in a sense and getting back to the to the. We wanted message. reality, Junior. Um, you know... I, God is real, and God wants to impact his life, the lives of his people. He wants to heal them. He wants to set them free. He wants to give them salvation. He, he, wants, um, he wants the quality of their lives to be a reflection of the, of the life of his kingdom. And, you know, just going to church and, and doing your religious duty was so far short of that that um, I think by the wonderful, wonderful grace of God, it wasn't what we did, it's what he did, but... We were just serious, and I, I think this is when God really begins to move, when he knows that his people are serious in wanting his purposes. And, uh, and so that's when release comes, because, because the Holy Spirit says, well, this is where I can move, because people want me to move. They want my purposes, so I can actually begin to outwork my purposes among them. And was everybody happy about this? Uh, they were because all, all but a very small handful of people at first who came round in the end, uh, they were happy because they saw what happened. They saw transformed lives. They saw the love. I said, well, we've never experienced love like this. They saw the joy. They saw the release. Then they began to see the miracles and the healings. And I mean, it was like suddenly being transferred into a totally different spiritual environment than anything that we'd ever heard of or seen or thought possible. And it, it really was like living in a different spiritual world. And praise God, I've been living in that world ever since. And did you find that you were singing lots of new songs to the Lord? Oh, in time. At first, we just had to make do with the traditional hymns. But let me tell you, we sang them in a different way. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 